Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Gallo. And Kara, on behalf of all entrepreneurs, I just want to give a big thank you to Facebook for for fighting for us. Facebook <laughs> cares about, about me, that in Kara. The big story. It cares about me. Thank yes, God. It doesn't give thank a God shit Facebook and Sheryl Sandberg are here give. to save us. Dry cleaners and and cupcake. So you're out of owners. breath, Scott. We're gonna get to that in a minute. Yeah, you you've just been you know doing CrossFit. Is that well, what you've been doing? I, I did CrossFit this morning, but more than anything, yeah, I've been doing sweating. 56. I'm fucking yeah. 56. Yeah, I'm older than you, Scott. I'm, oh, I don't God. have no pity. No mercy, no oh, malice. Do you know how many times oh, I peed last night? Seriously. Do you know how what? many times I, I need a chamber pot? I, it's like, it's getting so <laughs> ridiculous. My prostate is the size All right. okay. of the antitrust As filings. Usual. All right. Bringing Listen it back to, to pivot. Speaking of antitrust, the Texas attorney general, the one who tried to do the election fraud bullshit and is also under, in, under investigation himself for all kinds of corruption, is suing Google on behalf yeah. of a coalition of states. He alleges the company manipulated ad markets and violated antitrust laws. This is sort of the second shooter drop in the Google stuff. These people weren't part of the bigger case uh, that the Justice Department had. Uh, I think there were 20 states, and now there's more uh, adding into the into the situation. Um, so uh, so here we are. We have the Texas Attorney General come after Google, uh, which I think is interesting. Uh, dots, just more of the same, essentially. Well, there's a couple things. One, all of a sudden, it's it's hip to be uh, yeah. it's you know hip antitrust, whatever you want to call it, woke anti. Everyone's yeah. decided on the left and the right. Mm-hmm. You know, you read these press releases. It's kind of a. I mean, a they make some of them make very strong arguments, but mostly what they are is, hey, look at me, I, I should be governor, and right. that's really powerful because once people decide that the clearest blue line path from the attorney general's office to the governor's mansion mm-hmm. is to go after big tech, yeah. You're going to have tremendous momentum against big tech. So yes. th- this is important. Also, if I understand, I don't know if this is the, the specific case, but this case, I believe, is alleging cooperation between Google and Facebook, mm-hmm. where it's saying, okay. Yeah, there was an interesting part about, about WhatsApp in there. Yeah, that they're coordinating. And when you mm-hmm. have the duopoly, the two agents of the duopoly coordinating with each other, then then everyone else has absolutely no chance. And that even breaches, that even goes beyond. That was redacted, but it's very questionable what's right. in there. Right, right. And that goes from kind of civil to potentially criminal. Um, if they were hiding the fact that they were cooperating at the expense of other, um, other apps or ad markets that wanted placement on uh, Google. What they're basically, I, my understanding is alleging is that they gave preferential treatment to Facebook. So yeah. this is, I, I think it's a big deal, but more than anything, this is that, you know, it, I love that statement. I think Larry Sumner said it, that it's, it's surprising how long things take and then shocking how fast they happen. That's true. As it relates to antitrust, we're in the shocking phase now. Well, you know, this is something we have talked about a lot for mm-hmm. years, especially Kara Swisher. Like this idea of they're not. You got that happy. right until the last part, especially <laughs> Kara Swisher. Come on, go especially back. Kara Swisher. Go back, my friend. Okay, say go back welcome. to when you wrote a book on the floor. Go back. <laughs> you're right. I am but the OG of the OG. You love them. You love them. Not Facebook. Did you love? You used to love Facebook. You you think I forget? I used to. You used to. Yeah, you used to. to. Uh, meanwhile, well, uh, speaking of which, Facebook is also building a new video product that basically ripped off Cameo. Uh, you pay to jump into videos with celebrities. And takes, I think this will be a failure by Facebook. It's another stupid feature that they're not going to do good at. And Cameo is doing a very good job at their business. But typical, typical. I just interviewed the CEO of Cameo. I think the key is as long as it's on the portal and I can pay with Libra, I think it's going to be a big hit. <laughs> it's not called Libra. It's called Dime or Dime uh, or something. Yeah, D-I-E-M. Yeah. They've changed the name. Yeah. It's yeah. called, I don't know what their their part, but their, their effort is called Dime and it's changed and it's, it's still not going to work. In any case. Um, and the third thing, speaking of like really big stories, the Texas Attorney General, who's really an appalling figure in so many ways, uh, by the way. So th- it's good that Facebook has this particular enemy in that case. But uh, is is that meanwhile, as these people are making all this ridiculous PR noise and stuff like that, on important cases, um, the Russian government um, has been uh, in, in, our, in our business, in our business, in our federal business. And let me just read you this lead from a story yesterday from David Sanger and Nicole 
Perlot than Julian Barnes. Over the past few years, the United States government has spent tens of billions of dollars on cyber offensive abilities, building a giant war room at Fort Meade, Maryland for United States Cyber Command. It's headed by Paul Nakasomi, by the way. While installing defensive sensors all around the country, a system named Einstein to give it an air of genius to deter the nation's enemies from picking its networks clean again. It is now clear the broad Russian espionage attack on the United States government and private companies underway since the spring and detected by the private sector only a few weeks ago ranks among the greatest intelligence failures of modern time. I mean, really, what are they doing over there at Einstein? Einstein is not so smart. He missed it. I heard the renaming the program Bozo. No, I mean, really, seriously. Yeah, this is this is this is a big deal. We we again uh, get it wrong around this stuff. That, the wars are being fought in cyberspace, and mm-hmm. we have decided to unilaterally disarm. And it's it's a, it's too bad. If you think about, I mean, cyber cybersecurity stocks, that is going to be a very interesting place to work or to train. You're going to see uh, vocational programs just explode around giving people skills around cybersecurity. But this is this really is, it um, is a big deal. the next front in, in our battle. Um, yep. But have you done any reporting around this? or what's I haven't. I'm going to because I think it's not, you know, as usual, the United States government is hiding it, what's really happening because that never changes, right, this idea. And, of course, National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien, who is such a, a fatuous popinjay, he was, he was like swanning around the middle, uh, the, the middle East and Europe with his wife going to the Louvre on special whatever. Whatever. He, now he's running crisis meetings, but they just haven't done anything. This administration has just watched. As, you know, what's interesting is now— in some of these hearings there about the election fraud that went on yesterday, they were like, we spent all this time, you know, looking at the fake Russian hoax and here they are. It's not a hoax. Like, this is ridiculous. We have not been paying attention to what the Russians can do here. And so I will be doing a lot of reporting this. But, you know, you know, like someone like David Sanger, who we've had on is sort of the expert on this stuff. But um it's just really uh, amazing how many areas the Russians have gotten into uh, of our of our our business and and this idea, this strategy of counterattacking, which is called defend forward, um, and it put beacons all over the world to warn of oncoming attacks. Had no deterrence to the Russians, no deterrence whatsoever. But it goes so. beyond that. We're, I mean, for example, you and I have been, you and I have Russian trolls on our Twitter feed every day. Yeah trying yep. to influence or undermine our credibility around issues that they see counter to their interests. Yeah. But there's no there's no fear of reprisal on behalf of face uh, on behalf of Twitter's board or their share price. So there needs yeah. to be and also this is the opportunity here is this would in addition to climate this would be a fantastic means of repair. This would mm-hmm. be a fantastic connective tissue to say to our allies, look, and say, look, the last four years, if we can, we're going to try and pr- press the reset button. And just we, as we had a North Atlantic Treaty where we all decided to invest in tanks and an army uh, to stand at the Polish-Russian border to ensure we kept the peace around a region that kept breaking out into world war, it would be – this would be a huge opportunity for like-minded democracies to form – an Interpol, North, you know, North NATO-like alliance around cybersecurity, and our first, our first enemy that we would all put up defenses against, and then get off our heels onto our toes and start—I don't know—shutting entire cities down and saying, you know, stand down, or we're going to start hitting back. But this would be an opportunity yes, to the Biden administration some of those come out swinging here. This is yeah. exactly where they should come out swinging. You know, Russia, the, 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 the Trump administration is just incompetent to this task. What's interesting is it's not clear whether they they breach into classified systems, but they certainly got through all kinds of unclassified system, and it's considered the biggest ever. It's just, uh, what the first thing the government has to do is be transparent about what's happened here, and they don't want to. And, and it was so a I'm private hoping, company, right, that got what? weaponized? It was a private firm? Yes, SolarWinds. It, anyway, it's very complex, but what has to happen is the government has to become very transparent about what's gone on here so that we can work together to do something. And then the Biden administration should hit hard on the Russians on this issue. I mean, this is this is not the Cold War, it's the digital war, and the Russians are, are really quite good. And to say there is a hoax around Russian hacking is just, you're as dumb as a box of hammers if you think that's the case. Anyway, uh, also, lastly, for our banter, Scott, uh, your 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 buddy, uh, Mayor Pete, got a cabinet position. Hello, dreamy at the airport. <laughs> yes, I'm Hello. sorry. Hello. I get off the plane and he's there to greet it. me with his gorgeous hair. I like hair Pete Buttigieg, but come on. There's not a more qualified person to deal with 
electric cars. No, no, be cars. clear. There are thousands of people more qualified. Okay. He's the best, he's the best man for the job. Why? I mean, this is- Tell me why. Because I literally have a list a mile long who people who know about infrastructure. Although, apparently, according to his husband, there's going to be an infrastructure week finally. Wait for it, which I'm excited about. Well, even along things along the lines of climate change, if the government were to make a real impact or a statement yes. or start creating elegant solutions around climate change that also recognize the balance of economic growth, yep. the Department of Transportation runs you know, a path right through those two issues. So mm-hmm. also, if you think about, uh, I mean, a big question, everyone's talking about what gets better coming out of the pandemic? What new things do we do? And I think the bigger question is what things do we leave behind? Mm-hmm. And in Florida, it's been spectacular because we have less nitrous oxide and other bullshit in the air because mm-hmm. there's been a reduction in traffic. Uh, citizens, American households spend 12% of their income on transportation. Is there yeah. an opportunity to have a more forward-looking um, strategy? He's a smart it, guy. He's a look. He's a smart guy. Yeah, it could sure. be bikes. It could be autonomous vehicles. It could be municipal transportation. It could be tunnels getting you from downtown to the airport in eight minutes instead of 45 minutes. It could be airports that represent sure. the promise of America. And he likes a airports. Job, he, got, by the way. he proposed to his husband in an airport. He made an adorable, gay, adorable love story thing in there. It felt Automatic like I was in, temperature checks. Speaking of love, that, actually. I felt like I was in love, actually. Well, he calls, he does. He calls airports romantic. He's a <laughs> sexy beast. No, He's let me just say, beast. something Amanda told me uh, who, who uh, was thinking about it. It's like, look, he's very confident, but like, oh, give it to the smart white guy who'll figure it out versus like possible qualified people. Well, thank God. Thank God there's a white man here to save us. Because he can, he can think. I'm God. sure he can. He's very smart. It's just like uh, the, the, the person I think is interesting is the former EPA chief, uh, Gina, uh, Gina McCarthy, who's going to be White House climate czar. I think, I suspect she will have uh, more power in that regard and yeah, is actually to, it, an it, area expertise person. That cabinet post used to be the giveaway that you gave to a Republican to try and signal you were bipartisan or you yeah. gave it to a person of oh, color to say, hey, I get diversity. Uh, oh, it, that That cabinet position likely gets much more attention, much more oxygen. Yep, and quite right. frankly, transportation is re- is just becoming increasingly important. I mean, think about how much time we spend talking about innovation yes, around you're right. personal transportation. I think it's so very exciting. He and I are going to go around on a scooter when he gets to D.C. I think that's what I should do. The, I the should best do. title I saw in his appointment, the best oh. article, is Planes, Trains, and Endless Ambition. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you think I should socialize with them when they come here and have with a Mayor little Pete? cabal or something? something oh, that's like that? he's that's definitely that's an awesome that's an awesome double date. I bet yeah. I bet I'd like to meet his husband. I've interviewed his husband too. He had a really lovely but his husband wrote a wonderful book. I couldn't get through Pete's, but I, his husband's book was wonderful about growing yeah. up in a difficult, you know, in a mid he's real Midwestern and had a real struggle being gay. Um but it was great, actually. Yeah. So we're gonna hang out. We're not gonna be inviting you because it's gonna be you know, I would be so much fun. Oh my God. <laughs> I'd be the best fifth wheel, wheel ever because what would I'd you say. Do if Pete Buttigieg became my best friend and I just refused to let him talk to you. That's not fair. That's, I know. That's not uh, fair. Me and Pete, uh, I've been a big supporter of Mayor Pete, but you know, by the way. You, you thought he was going to be president when I thought, what, Biden I thought, was? Yeah, I thought Mayor Pete was going to be yeah. president or was going to be, I just, no. I was just dying to see him on the stage. Um, yeah. The, uh, now but, you can. But you know who's my new man crush who I'm supporting who? for no. mayor of New York? Should should he decide Andrew to run? Andrew Yang. That's right. That's right. You want to talk That's about a, a tough... city that is the capital of America and thereby the capital of the world that we all have a vested interest in its success that represents That'd the greatest— That'd be a tough city to govern. 100%. So we need a creative thinker. We need innovation over all ideology. Right. Andrew anyway, Yang. I am on the Yang gang for mayor oh, of New York. No. I like Andrew. I, I do like Andrew. I do. He's a really lovely man. He seems like he's parachuting in. Another competent man parachuting in. I don't know. Well, I like okay. him too. I yeah, he's, like him. look, he's a. Uh, uh, we need ideas. We need young blood. Uh, New York is going to have tremendous challenges. Yeah. When I, it's a I big can field. Name, it's a big field there. Well, I, it is a big field. But you know what? He's. Mm-hmm. You know why he's going to win? What? Every day he's going to make news on ideas. Every yeah. day he's going to overwhelm the airwaves. Uh, I think he's a shoe in. Oh, he, okay. All right. We'll okay. See. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to say again. I think Mayor one of the Pete, locals is going to win. Mayor Pete and soon to be, soon to be Mary Yang. Get <laughs> Mary, on board. <laughs> it's Mayor Yang, not Mary Yang. Mary Yang. What did I say? Ma- Mary you Yang. said Mary Yang, not Mayor Yang. I feel triggered. You, <laughs> you show. <laughs> You discriminate against old white guys that can't you know, pronounce You know Andrew, names. right? You know Andrew, don't you? Yeah, I do. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm okay. serious. I'm going to have gonna him on. do some work for him for a second. We'll have him on. All right. You do that. Remember Beto. Remember your Beto love. I'm just saying. 
Don't be. Hey, look. Look, New York's a tough friggin' place. All right, we're moving on to big Beto story. and I Go have ahead. taken a break. Sometimes you just need to take a break for both parties. <laughs> you move from competent man to competent man, don't you? Competent. Angela Merkel is my role model. <laughs> she is my role model. I love her. Speaking of which, another competent man who who is just a little bit, you know, somewhat seems like a lightweight a little bit is uh, Mar- Macron, who seems to be tough now. Macron. Not, he has COVID. He has COVID. I was beginning to think the good looks were the ultimate immunity against COVID. I mean, look at the people who have been getting it. Some very <laughs> ugly people. That's terrible. That's terrible. Oh, no, my no. God. I know. Okay, I know. we're moving you on. You don't see looks. Speaking of some you very don't see ugly looks. people, we're moving yeah. on to big stories. Yeah. Facebook is launching an offensive attack against Apple as part of their long-simmering battle. Facebook lashed out at Apple in a series of full-page ads, ironically, in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post newspaper ads, saying they're physical newspaper ads, saying we're standing up to Apple for small businesses everywhere. This is the reaction to Apple's new iOS 14 operating system will limit the ability of companies to gather data about users uh, using an advertising. Facebook executives are calling the behavior anti-competitive. It is a simply changing something from an opt-out to an opt-in. Facebook says uh, they're helping, they'll be helping video game company behind the popular game Fortnite, uh, Epic. Uh, Fortnite has been in a legal battle with Apple for monopolistic behavior in the App Store. Last week's Apple CEO Tim Cook took a swipe at other big tech companies in a podcast interview saying, you can be the great amplifier of misinformation, of violence, and a lot of different things out there. We don't want to be any part of this. We don't want to be part of the hate uh, uh, at all. And I feel by and large, we've avoided that. So, and he said, as you recall, many years ago, he sort of took a swipe at Mark Zuckerberg previously. Mm -hmm. So the people at Facebook consider Apple high-handed and uh, sanctimonious. The people at Apple just think Facebook is is just a toxic waste dump, essentially. That's my read on the situation. The whole what, thing, it's like, watching, it's like watching Angela Lansbury get into a fight with Peter Falk. Remember Columbo? It's yeah. just kind of weird and uncomfortable. And these two, first off... It, Do you have a side? Oh, you know, look, uh, they're both full of shit. So, so okay. Facebook... <laughs> Facebook is a menace. I don't mm-hmm. think Apple is a menace. I, you know, and it, it, distinct of, the, of who's a better or lesser person, the reality is Facebook makes, the whole world is iOS slash Android, and Facebook is Android, and then it gives products away for free and then monetizes them with advertising. And advertising mm-hmm. is a function of collection of data. And Apple has basically tried to, pri- tried to privatize media through apps, mm-hmm. where they say, pay for this app, and we won't barrage you with advertising. So when Tim Cook goes after the privacy violations as a function of their business model, it's very self-serving because he's taking a 30% tax on anyone who opts out of the ad model and goes to cable. So he's cable or he's HBO. Mark Mm -hmm. Zuckerberg is the old line CBS. And all of a sudden, Tim Cook is saying that those ads on CBS are bad for you. Come to cable. They're both talking their own book. I think it's wonderful to see big tech going after each other. Not only do you have the FTC and the DOJ and AGs going after them, they're now going after each other. Yeah. So uh, the best way to defeat an enemy, and I do believe the externalities of big tech, not big tech itself, are the Mm -hmm. enemies, is to atomize the enemy and get them fighting each other. And that's what is happening here. So so, go go at each other. Go at each other. Go at each other. Yeah, but but this, let's talk about the diversion strategy Facebook's using here. They're facing new antitrust allegations from the Federal uh, Trade Commission. Um, This helper of small business is is just fine. They serve small businesses, but they serve Facebook is really the center of Facebook's universe is Facebook. But small business is really the heart and soul of this company because when they got attacked by big ad uh, ad buyers, it wasn't a big deal to them when they had the, you know, stop the hate uh, because their business are these small businesses doing advertising. So uh, talk about this diversion strategy. Well, there's a few points there. One, the greatest asset of Facebook is that it has the most elastic revenue base or the most self-healing revenue base in the history of mankind. I think it has 18 million customers. And no, Mm -hmm. I don't think any one customer represents more than 1% of their business. So any one individual advertiser or even groups of advertisers are just not a threat. Mm-hmm. So they're they're just impenetrable um, in terms of in terms well, of any not. sort of revenue revenue threats. Mm-hmm. The the notion though and this goes to a larger point. Republicans love tax cuts. The best we need a series of talking points and one of those talking points needs to be the following. 
that every medium in the past, whether it's advertising, whether it's catalogs, has been a means of competitive differentiation. What do I mean by that? Nike figured out a way to bring together creative talent to use advertising as a means of creating sustainable competitive advantage around their brand. They're just better mm -hmm. at advertising than their competition. Mm -hmm. Williams-Sonoma figured out a way to leverage databases and the USPS to establish competitive, sustainable shareholder value through the deft use of direct mail and catalogs. The genius of Google and Facebook is they have made these tools so egalitarian. They've made the methods of advertising yep, on Facebook mm -hmm. and Google so egalitarian, so easy to sign up. All you need is a credit card, some time watching YouTube videos, and boom, you can be 98% as good on Google and on Facebook as P&G and Ford and Nike are. Now, By the way, you would like text Cheryl Sandberg a lot. This was her thing at Google and at Facebook, so just so you know. This is so very it's an absolute genius strategy. But here's the thing. No individual company is mm -hmm. able to establish an advantage. And when every company is spending money, effectively, it doesn't go from a weapon or an attribute, it goes from a tax. So if you wanna talk about the largest tax cut in history on small and medium-sized business, it would be to break up these companies, thereby reducing their power and reducing the rents that every business in America pays to Facebook to and Google. Yeah. You have no choice. My education startup, Section 4, we're mm -hmm. on, we buy keywords, we're on Facebook. Why? I hate them both. We have no choice. Yeah, that was a lot of the reaction yesterday. You have no choice. So what do you, th what, what, what do you think of their idea that you're, they're your friends? Pretty much all the small businesses like, oh, we don't like them. They're not that good. We just have to be there. We're like serfs. And one of the interesting things uh, I noticed was uh, a lot, the reaction for Facebook has not been good on this, um, which lets Apple, even if you think Apple's sanctimonious or whatever, or it's in their interests or they're you know dealing their own deck here. I thought Walt Mossberg had a really good reaction. The king of privacy theft, Facebook, is running ads attacking Apple, the leader in privacy protection, all because Apple is shifting to an opt-in system from an opt-out system for users mm -hmm. to allow data sharing with advertisers. Uh, Facebook's must fear folks won't opt-in. I wonder why. Yeah, look, they said uh, these are both heroin dealers. They're They're... Their consumer base is addicted or totally dependent upon the, the drip of Facebook and Google AdWords and advertising. And they used to be, all right, you take, you take the high school, I'll take the mall. And now mm -hmm. they've decided that, no, that's my territory. And they're trying to tell their respective addicts right. that their heroin is bad. That's this is Google. But I'm talking about Apple. Apple doesn't traffic in this. Oh, yeah. Well, Apple, but Apple does. Okay. But, but to be clear— <laughs> Apple doesn't traffic in that. What Apple traffics in is if you want to enjoy the internet, you have to do it through an app, and we're going to take a tax on everything. Do you realize Roblox mm -hmm. pays 25% of all revenue to either yep. Apple, Google, or Amazon? Yep. So Apple's just saying, look, we're gonna, we want you to continue to pay a tax. We just want that tax to come to us in the form of a 30% commission on the apps you buy without advertising. Mm -hmm. They're all in the business of addiction, owning the rails, monopoly power. They just monetize it differently so they become sanctimonious about each other. Mark Zuckerberg has a point pushing back, but to somehow say, I mean, basically what he said is he's a mob boss saying, guys, if I go to jail, so are you. Mm -hmm. Right. To yeah. be clear, yep. if I go yep. down, yep. so are you. And right. where they where they where they lost the narrative here. If they'd said, "Look, let's be clear. We're about our business model is advertising. Theirs is about the app economy. They charge you a lot of money, mm -hmm. such that you don't have advertising. We give you great products for free, such that you and you have to which pay. Which they do. Which they have done. Which great products, done. and you have to look at some ads on Instagram. You choose which model you want, but be clear. Be clear. Mr. Cook does not care about your privacy. He does not care." about the country. He cares about shareholder value, and this is awfully convenient. But where the bridge too far here, where they undermine themselves and they shot themselves in the foot and reflected how insular they are, Facebook, where they shot, was claiming to be the champions of small business. Give me yeah. a fucking break, Facebook. Do you think anyone believes you? Mm -hmm. Do you think any small business person says, thank God Facebook is out there fighting for us? <laughs> I mean, come on. Talk about so what, a lack of self-awareness. What should you do if you're Apple? How do you respond to this? Besides saying privacy is, you know, they, they can't claim that. You're right. They're making money in the app store, right? They're making money over here. Oh. But the idea of opt-in versus opt-in, I think I'm, I'm with opt-in. And I, I don't understand. I, I have no problem with opt-in. And I think most of these ad companies do. Yeah, they do exactly one thing. Apple does exactly one thing. Nothing. Nothing they roll mean. their eyes, they go yeah. on background, they educate journalists, but they do not go on record. Tim Cook, that's like, that's like Macron getting into a fight 
with Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. He just doesn't need to go there. Mm-hmm. They don't. They go on background. They release data. But Tim Cook, right now, his image, he is. He is. You know, he is Kara Swisher, and Facebook is. I don't know. Tucker Carlson. You just shouldn't respond. Mm-hmm. Okay, let them be crazy. We'll help. We'll arm you with data to show how hypocritical this is, mm-hmm. or that that you know Facebook is just trying to create diversion. But Tim Cook does not does not need to get into a direct pissing match. He should ignore him. It's like when Tip O'Neill refused to debate any candidate. He should just mm-hmm. refuse to debate Mark right. Zuckerberg. Go on background. No official statement. And and one of the things that's but one of the things that's important to them is this idea of privacy protection, like that they're that which they can afford to do because that's they. Don't are not in the same business. You can say we're for privacy and privacy is not your business. Um, but, you know, violating privacy. But does this have, it, what does it have the impact on the broader government stuff that's going on with them fighting each other? That's a good question. I don't have a good answer. Do you have any thoughts? Um, you know, I think probably that Facebook's more of a demon to government, right? So, because they can directly link it to consumers. The, the, the fight Apple's having, which is important, is fights with Epic and things like that. And as you said, they've done, you know, doing, making concessions right now on those issues is something Apple should do. Continue to make concessions while Facebook sticks to its guns. That, I think, is the best thing they should do, is continue to make concessions they can afford on the App Store. I don't know if there's a full solution to it, um, because there are only two systems, essentially. So I'm not sure what to do about it. So I think if the concessions they're making and cooperation with app developers would be the move I would make. I'd settle with Epic. Yeah, they, well, they, they made that sort of aggressive, I thought, genius move of reducing, cutting in half the, the tax on app developers if you, if you have less than a million in revenue, mm-hmm. which was a genius move because they only gave up about 2% of the revenue and, and mm-hmm. kind of made themselves look good. But yeah, it... I, so much of this, what we forget is so much of this is around likability. Mm-hmm. And yes. Tim Cook is a fantastic likability shield. Uh, Sheryl Sandberg has kind of kind of used up all her nine lives of likability. Uh, so people are no longer buying that rap. But Tim Cook is still the most likable guy. The next one whose who's likability um, shield, I've been playing um, Fortnite with my son, and you you buy or you find these little things of energy that give you more mm-hmm. protection or whatever, more health. And soon it's going to start using up his health. When all the mm-hmm. information comes about around how aggressive Google has been and how they basically own both sides of the trade and exchanges, he's going to become yeah, less likable. Yeah, they've been quiet. You're right. You're right. Uh, but Tim Cook still has the most likability shields to 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 spend or to run through. But it's gonna it's gonna happen to him too. Um, I, I don't know. I I I think they're the only one that doesn't end up uh, with some sort of split, either self-imposed or imposed on them. Yeah, they'll make. Reforms. But regulation's coming. Regulation around the app store just makes too yeah, much sense. Yeah, I think th- their big their best argument to me is why can't people just click to decide? Like, what is your problem with that? And obviously, mm-hmm. it's a it's a loaded question. Of course, they have a problem with that. Um, but the, it's saying, why not just let people opt into their information being sucked, up, you know, the big giant sucking sound from Facebook? What's wrong with that? We're protecting people. I think they shouldn't go too hard if we're protecting. But I do think it's a really good argument to say, what's wrong with disclosure? Like, just keep saying it. There's mm-hmm. anything, that'll appeal to regulators. We're for disclosure, more disclosure, that kind of stuff. And then fight the other fight separately. It is kind of stupid for Mark to sort of wrap himself into small business at the same time saying, we're going to help your enemies hurt you. You look like such a, such a little shit. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, none of these moves are smart by Facebook, I think. So do you, what would you do right now if you were Facebook? Pull, stop doing this or doing what? Because they can't, I don't think they're going to stop Apple. I don't think they're going to stop Apple from doing this. As it relates to Apple? Yeah, I don't know. I think this is a. I think this is an unproductive fight. I, if I were first off, as Tim Cook said, I wouldn't be in this position. But if mm-hmm. I were on the board of Facebook and I wasn't a weirdo or a sycophant, I actually wanted to act as a fiduciary for the Commonwealth or shareholders, I would say, you know what? Prophylactically, we need to get out there. We need to kick Zuckerberg up to chairman. We need yeah. to bring in a, a new Several CEO, and too. we need to immediately announce a spin of WhatsApp. And Instagram, and by the way, our stock's going to go up. You know what's really interesting here mm-hmm. is since basically in the last three months, everybody's known something's going to happen to Facebook in terms of antitrust. Yeah. There's been rumors everywhere. And what's happened to the stock? It's gone up. 
Mm-hmm. So the marketplace, again, everybody's going to win. Taxpayers are going to win. The Commonwealth is going to win. Innovation is going to win. The employees of Facebook, the shareholders are going to win. The only person that loses is the person who controls the company and wants it to be bigger because they're a power-hungry sociopath. (laughs) Okay, but he's going to be richer than ever. He's going to be richer than ever. John Rockefeller, when they broke up Standard Oil into 34 separate companies, he became wealthier. That prick, yeah. He became wealthier, (laughs) so— What would I do? What would I do? I he would get do out ahead he's of this. A young, I asked someone this at yeah. Facebook, and they were like, he's a young guy. He doesn't want to give up power. Like, yeah, I don't know what not, else. To that's do. not in his DNA. He and, can't do it. He can't do it. And this really rankles him. You know, at the time, it's really, what, the last thing I'd say is. What would you really, do? I think he's not going to. He. This is what he does. Yeah, but this there's a difference what, between what will he do and what would you do. What would you do? I think you're right. I think he's going to— he he, The antitrust division of the DOJ has a budget of $150 million. I think Mark Zuckerberg yeah. will give his lawyers $250 million and say, make this go away. Yeah, I think it's, it's always been a mistake. Mark is, has has a, has an unfailing sense of making the wrong move, the aggressive move. I think he's used up, speaking of likability, he was, you know, they instead of just— cooperating with the Trump administration as Apple did. You know, listen, Apple was right in those rooms with Trump and being friendly to Ivanka and Jared, and they did all those things, you know, led, led them on tours of things. But they didn't do this bear hug that Facebook did of the Trump administration, right? They All of these companies did a quiet, you know, disagreeing publicly now and again when it was egregious, but essentially cooperating. Are with you the kidding? Trump. Facebook, Teal, and Trump but, had the first but the, I was talking about Apple. Apple did the amount that they needed to do, right? They didn't oh, not, they didn't God. completely run, but Facebook literally did a bear hug beyond bear hugs. And I think now they're, I don't know. I just, we'll see. <laughs> I think they're going to get their head handed to them because of that. They can't ever do anything with any kind of, uh, you know, subtlety. They can't do subtlety. Well, this what, ad what you is mean, so stupid. You mean Peter Thiel, who's on no. the board of Facebook and arguably the second most powerful person at Facebook, you know, being sitting next to Donald Trump, uh, Mark Zuckerberg having secret meetings with Donald yeah. Trump. I mean, this is the unholiest alliance of the last 10 years, and it was very straightforward, and we should not forget their names. Even Rupert Murdoch didn't look as, didn't appear. You know what I mean? Like, the talk about someone who's Uncle um, Satan, as I like to call him. Yeah, but, but Rupert Murdoch has read the, the yes, oligarchs. Yes, that's what I mean. You didn't see a lot of Rupert hanging with, he did phone calls, right? Quiet phone calls. I just, I just find this company to be as the least subtle group of people, and they're making, they're always righteous and angry. Like, the, the texts you get from them, their tweets, they're always like righteous. They're righteous all the time. You and mean when just, they call you and say, that's not fair that Scott said I was the worst thing to happen to women in the last 30 <laughs> no, years? It's just like, give me a And you start texting break. me late at night <laughs> and you hurt my feelings. Listen, I'm a delicate little flower. Listen, I just think Tim Cook, you're right, should say very little and just put the stuff out. I think they're in a much better position here. Even if they have their own issues, they're not even close to what the uh, Facebook issues are. And in discovery, it's not going to be pretty for Facebook. It's just not. I, I can't imagine there are not Email after email after email uh, in, in a Microsoftian way. I, I just can't. The, I don't the, know the for failure, sure. The failure of Facebook, one of the biggest that will ultimately end up resulting in them levying or, or getting more damage from these antitrust actions and getting more punitive action that's more emotion-filled than, than kind of legally driven is that they failed to read oligarchy for dummies. And the key right. to being a successful oligarch is you use your proximity uh, to power, to economically enrich, your, enrich yourself, but you don't get so close such that when that person loses power, you're infected. And they got too close to the president and the means of infection, the virus was Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel's proximity to Trump and to Zuckerberg has revealed that they were in bed with each other. And a Biden-Harris administration is not going to be excited to in any way defend Facebook. It is, it is going to come back to haunt them. They, whereas Rupert Murdoch would always do a meeting with Obama. Mm-hmm. Supposedly there was backroom deals between yeah. Rupert Murdoch and Obama. Murdoch was too smart to get infected. He was an effective oligarch. Yeah. Whereas Facebook has been infected by the Trump administration. They're not going to forget all those photo ops with Peter Thiel mm-hmm. and Donald Trump. Yeah. And all those, there were supposedly two secret dinners between the Zuck and the yeah, president. I, would, I wonder I what they were talking think, about. They just can't do it. They can't do it. They can't do it. They actually are, they are, they literally think they're going to win here and they're just not. They're history. They don't, they're not students of history and this is not, 
They can't spend their way out of this. And by the way, they have so many enemies now. Everyone hates them. I've said this over and over again. Literally, even people who used to work there hate them. Um, Other companies hate them, you know. And Google's been smart in keeping their head down, even if they've done some, like, we should be talking about this on Monday, the issues around the firing of a very prominent AI researcher there. Uh, You know, they've done some terrible things and yet don't seem to attract, you know, this guy attracts... uh, people's unhappiness like lint on his shirt on a shirt anyway um we're going to take a quick break when we come back we'll talk about speaking of companies that we do not hold in high regard massachusetts holding robin hood accountable and a listener mail question scott we're back everybody loved your rant last week about vaccines and masks which i thought everyone mentioned to me they love angry scott um, but the Massachusetts Secretary of State filed a complaint against Robinhood contending the company's gamifies investing. So I would like a rant from you. In the filing, Secretary William Galvin said Robinhood, quote, uses aggressive tactics to attract inexperienced investors, its use of gamification strategies to manipulate customers, and its failure to prevent frequent outages and disruptions on its trading platform. Robinhood disputed these claims in a response and that the company will defend itself vigorously. Uh, Robinhood has seen record growth in 2020. People have been home, so they've been busy trading stocks. The company posted 3 million new customers in the first four months of 2020. I'm not sure how that's going right now, but Scott, your time to shine. How big a step is this? Do you see other states joining the effort? I do. And I want you to, I want you to do Robinhood's defense of this, too. Well, Robin Hood's defense would be that they're democratizing trading, that investing and learning Mm -hmm. about investing and establishing market knowledge so that you can build economic security for you and your family is a wonderful thing. And they're just bringing uh, innovation and free trading and parse shares. You could buy one-tenth of a share of Apple for people who want to start with, you know, 10 bucks instead of 120. There's a lot of wonderful things to like about Robinhood, and there's a yeah. lot of wonderful things to like about big tech. That doesn't mean that over time, the idolatry of innovators and their pursuit of wealth doesn't create, turn them into an absolute menace. And the question we all, we all need to ask that illuminates the opportunity here, and this is an opportunity, is if we could go back in time and say, all right, over the course of the next 15 years, this individual, Uh, whether you think he is good or bad, is going to create an entity and acquire so much power and so much shareholder value that it's going to result, one of the externalities of his actions and his likability shield, his lipstick Mm -hmm. on cancer, is going to result or be one of the primary drivers of more teenage girls being admitted to hospital rooms because of self-harm and self-cutting. We're going to find that our elections, a key component of our democracy, are going to lose so much legitimacy at a, at a minimum and maybe, maybe even be perverted because they don't put in place the safeguards to protect the business he develops. If we could go back in time, we would say we need to address this menace. Mm-hmm. We are at that point with Robin Hood. They yeah. are using gamification. If you go and read the disclosures, if you go sign up for an account on Robin Hood versus Schwab, you're going to recognize that this is different they are trying, and then if you look at the visual cues and the gamification, the, the behavioral triggers, and the fact that they have no customer service, and the fact yeah. that they make their money by front running or selling this data to hedge funds who can then front run their consumer, the fact that if you find people stealing money from your account, you get an automated email back, the fact that we are seeing young people or Robinhood traders trade 88 times on a size-adjusted basis, the number of options as regular investors, you think, okay, when, yeah, when Robinhood— like trady in the 1990s. When Robinhood goes down, all of a sudden there's a massive dip in volume and trading in the markets. This is not only a risk to our young men. It's a risk to the markets. It also absolutely outlines the algebra of deterrence. They continue to violate SEC laws because at a $12 billion private valuation, their attitude is, hey, government, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. issue us your stupid ticket. It's like, you, it's like those movies where a guy gets pulled over in his Ferrari and someone yeah. writes him a ticket and he crumples up the ticket and throws it at them and with a couple. Right. Or it's like the Wolf of Wall Street when Leo DiCaprio says to an SEC official, just starts throwing money at them and kicks him off his boat. Mm-hmm. That's what Robin Hood is doing. So what I would ask, what I would... I want to salute the Secretary of Commerce. I think his name is Calvin. Sec- State. Secretary of Se- Secretary. Yeah. Secretary of Commerce, I think. Secretary no, it's Massachusetts Com- Secretary of State. But go ahead. What was it? Anyways, yeah. thank you for that. Is I would say if you could go back in time 
and address a menace before it went public, before it got too much power, before we found that young men, a big leading cause of depression and market systemic risk in the market and blatant flouting of SEC laws. If you Mm -hmm. could go back in time and cauterize that nosebleed before it turned into an all-out hemorrhaging Would you do it? We're at that moment. And by the way, when David Solomon, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, Mm -hmm. issues these thoughtful warnings that the markets are getting overheated and then announces that they're the lead underwriter for Robinhood, it's like, well, boss, the music isn't matching the words here. Well, come on. Come on. These guys. Well, anyways, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. William Galvin, just so you know, William Francis Galvin, he's the Massachusetts Secretary of the Commonwealth, but it's the Secretary of State. um, You win again. You win again. I want to make it accurate. You're correct. We are both correct. We are both correct. He's the Secretary of State, but of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, which is what it calls itself. Um, I I would agree with you. I think that um, the investor group, is an aggressive group here in Robinhood. Um, I think they will continue to throw money at these company at, at at these regulators, and I think they'll 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 just plow on forward. I just don't see there again another righteous group of people. Like how dare you? Like I, the, the amount of how, how how dare you? You know, jam, you know, interrupt my jam is so high right now among these people. Not just them, but everybody. You know. There was a, you know, they're they're doing what they want to do. They they're doing what they want to do, and they're continuing in whether it's misogynistic behavior, whether it's sexist behavior, whether it's you know not adding enough diversity. They don't care. They there's not there's nothing. They don't aren't accountable, and so I think they will. This is great that they're doing this, but they will slough it off if they can, and not address the actual issues because they don't. They've convinced themselves there's not an actual issue here, and that they're democratizing. Just like Facebook is helping small business, they're democratizing investing, and that's the only thing they'll look at. I just don't. I think they the lack of self awareness and self. Reflection is so high that it's almost impossible to like. I just don't. I but don't we know. lack some self awareness, and that what? is, we need to we need to elect more people, like the Secretary of State, who have the backbone to recognize an early menace and prevent a tragedy of the commons. These two yes. young men who are the co CEOs of Robinhood. If we're waiting on their better angels to show up, if we think our shaming is going to change your behavior, don't hold your breath. When it's raining money, it blurs your vision to the incremental decisions you make that might have a negative externality. And to a certain extent, it's not their job. You know what product feature perfectly defines the Robinhood app? There is a feature, no joke, that if you tap a button a hundred times within a certain amount of time, it unlocks a low, a high-yield checking account. So if you start mm-hmm. acting like a rat, if you go full rat, if you go full lizard brain on our app, mm-hmm. you get rewards. Yep. I mean, this is, they're not even trying to hide that we're trying to addict you with this kind of these dark behavioral triggers. Yep. And you're talking about young men in their basements. Oh, and by the way, I just want to really shout out all the tremendous changes in how seriously they took the suicide of Alex Kearns, a 20-year-old male who decided to throw himself in front of a train because he received an errant message that reflected incorrectly that he owed $700,000 to Robin Hood. They've done, Robin Hood, thanks so much. You clearly, you know what? These two kids are the two people running them. I know one thing's for damn sure. They don't have sons. This is this company is a yeah. fucking menace. Do you know who's this is involved? an opportunity so you know. to go back in time and find the menace before it turns into a powerful menace. Well, let's name some names here. So they have 18 rounds of funding, amount of funding $2.2 billion. Guess who's in here? Andreessen Horowitz. What a surprise. Um, and uh, a thing called Ribbit Capital. There's a whole bunch of, uh, of investors here. Uh, who are part of this. And it's just uh, D1 Capital Partners, uh, IVP, TSG Consumer Partners, Sequoia Capital, uh, DT, uh, DST, uh, that's the group that originally invested in Facebook, DST Global. Um, and so it's the same, it's the same people. It's literally the same people. Well, I have more, I actually have more faith in Goldman. I, there's an investment committee that has to approve IPOs. Uh-huh. And I find that actually they do look at I'm not as cynical. I do think that they look at a company, its ethics, uh, the CEO. I think this investment committee at Goldman needs to re-examine whether or not they want to be the lead underwriter on Robinhood. Mm -hmm. If they're truly concerned about the markets, and I'm not even talking about the morality. dial up David. Why don't you dial up David and do a little. I like David a lot. I think he's a good person. All right, then dial him up, Scott Galloway. You know, 
I'm just saying, I think they're not going to do anything. I think these people do it every, with Facebook, they're going to do it at Robinhood. I think your idea of a menace economy is absolutely right. And they'll only do something when it gets to a point of of real pain for people or PR pain or something. They only moved on Travis Kalanick after a long, but, long time. This is the opportunity. This is the equivalent. They're not going to. This is the equivalent of, of primary care. If we move, if, 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 and that's not, not to say that Robinhood couldn't be a great company, but if they move in now and say, all right, you have to de-gamify this thing. You have to have better disclosures around what you are doing with this trading data. They are going to say, it's like an ounce of, preve- you know, an ounce of prevention here is going to, is going to save a pound of cure. Can this I just is say, the opportunity. They're, they're not going to change if they don't think they're doing anything wrong and they don't think they're doing anything wrong. Well, I'm I not saying me. they should do it to themselves. I have yeah. absolutely no faith in them to do the right thing. All right. Okay. I'm saying that the, the, as the secretary of the, of the state of Massachusetts is doing, I would invite other AGs and Goldman Sachs to say, look, something is wrong in Mudville. And before Mudville, before the squirt gun, which is squirting toxic mm-hmm. shit into people's eyes, becomes a howitzer. And we have a real, real problem reining it in. Look at how much money it's going to cost. Look at the fight to rein in Facebook right now. Look how much mm-hmm. damage they have levied on our nation and other nations. We're in a, we're in a moment to cauterize that damage with Robin Hood. Scott, I love your faith because I think they'll do. They'll get some small things out of them. It won't be anything. They'll go public. They'll have a party. They'll have an expensive wine dinner, mostly men, one woman. Uh, they will invest in each other's things, and it will continue. Thank you. Kara, the world isn't what it is. It's what we make of it. There Uh is no fate. Okay. There is no fate. The best way to predict the future is to make it. And let's make a future where we kick Robin Hood and those two fucking little jerks in the nuts. (laughs) Let's be that foot. (laughs) That's you and I. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry. I'm in a mood like that. I just am like, they're not going to stop because they don't think they're wrong. And the kind of attention that needs to be brought to bear on them is great, but they unless there's some real pay, pain for them, they're not doing anything. Anyway, moving on, let's take a listener mail question presented by Yappa. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hey, Scott and Kara, this is Kate from New York City. The recent episode with Casey Newton about his move from The Verge to launching his own newsletter subscription on Substack got me thinking about the future of podcasting. We've seen a big shift in the monetization of content from an advertising model to subscription models, but for the most part, podcasts as a content form still rely on advertising. In the future, can you see popular podcasters jumping ship from the big networks to work for themselves on a subscription model like what Casey Newton did with Substack? If so, where do you see potential challenges and opportunities? Thanks for your thoughts. Love the podcast. Hmm. Has she been listening in on her phone calls? (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, huh. um, do you, a case, huh. uh, 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 I think you should buy a Casper mattress is what we think. No, they're not a, a tempo fit. You need to buy a tempo fit. Listen, you're right. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Scott, you're, yeah, you're the you, brains you, of the operation. You, you know, you're one. just more tactful to your employers <laughs> than I am. Um, look, it, 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 there's a gangster move going across big tech where they say, look, the fastest way to massively increase shareholder value by tens of not hundreds of billions of dollars is to make our core product more sticky or more likable. So an e-commerce company is not that likable, but transparent and media is really likable. And so what they're doing is basically Hollywood media and storytelling is so likable. So companies that make money selling handsets and by offering $129 a year uh, service called Prime, if they can just make that a tiny bit more likable, a tiny bit more sticky, Mm -hmm. it makes those things much more so valuable. So a podcast that does $5 million a year in revenue, but kind of owns the space, is likable, that is worth a lot of money to Spotify, Amazon, uh, uh, Apple, and there's probably two or three other bidders mm-hmm. on that. And so you're going to see every – it's pretty easy. Go through every category and podcast. Take the top 10. Look at the ones that are independent. In the next 12 months, they're all going to get offers that are irrational based on the economics of that podcast itself. But we're about to see a ton of stuff go from ad-supported – to behind the wall to try and drive. There's going to be Joe Rogan-like deals across every yeah, that, that, that's independent podcast. Stuff there is free, and most of it's not behind the wall. Spotify does have a subscription. Uh, that it's to it's to advantage Spotify subscriptions as as do most of these things. What can you advantage? Um, 
how can you get people to sign more uh, up for more? And that's that would be one of the reasons. I want to get that. I want to get this. Um, it's it's really an interesting issue because advertising business can be very strong. It absolutely can mm-hmm. be, and it can and for certain podcasts we do very well in advertising. Um, but you do think really hard about a subscription model or a model where you want to be independent, really, because you can like look at Casey. Casey talked about it. I think he's making his salary right now already. You know, and the question is, it's uncertain and. It all relies on you, you know, so if you're not hooked up with someone. And it's the same thing like what's going on with a lot of creators with Netflix and and the economics of Hollywood is it's changing. Do you want to be paid up front or do you want this back-end deal? Most people don't make money from back-end deals, right? right? Most, only a few people get the back-end that they talk about. That's what they're arguing about. But I'm like, like three of you get the back-end and the rest of you get nothing. Um, there was a really well-known producer who was, who was like, I've only made money twice on back-end, right? Or, so the, the, the question is, do you want, how do you want to get paid and in which way? And so a lot of people will be opting to be in a bigger company. The others will like, I'm, have done really well. You know, you think about, you can see it in the journalism space a lot easier than the podcast space, but, you know, Joe Rogan's certainly the the one who's pioneered uh, this idea with the deal with, with, it's just not everybody can be Joe Rogan. That's the issue. Correct. I mean, well, it's, it's going to be, I mean, you said a lot there, but there's, there's a couple of things. One, your ability to go behind a wall and develop, uh, you know, a direct to consumer, the dispersion of creativity where you bypass the traditional points of distribution, if your own name, establish a direct to consumer model. That's just a different means of getting paid. The, The bigger shift here is that, so for example, You've already seen um, Warner's decision to go direct to consumer and mm-hmm. launch on HBO Max at the same day, already pay dividends. I don't know if you saw, but Roku has finally come to an agreement with HBO Max because they've decided all of a sudden the HBO Max app uh, is much more valuable to the end Roku consumer. And what do you mm-hmm. know when they announce that they're taking Wonder Woman 1984 yeah. uh, to the app the same day as theaters, all of a sudden Roku saw God and gave in to Warner's demands. And what do you know? Last night they came to an agreement. So this is yeah. already proving to be a smart gangster 100%. gangster move. But what you're going to see is you're going to see – it's all about a ratio. If your NPS is greater, much greater than your revenue, as they are in podcasts, mm-hmm. the amount of goodwill that people feel towards – their favorite podcasters relative to the revenue they generate creates an arbitrage where an acquirer can come in and leverage that goodwill and and monetize that goodwill at an exponential rate, which means you're going to see, just go through every podcast that's independent that gets more than half a million downloads a month. They're going to start getting calls and getting offers. Yeah. One of the things I think you have to also think about, not just about doing things on your own, is that what do you need these companies for? And that's really, and what are you, how are you valuable to them? I think that's the real issue is like, sometimes like, how do they actually help these big companies actually help you? Does Spotify actually help you or just give you money? And so I think that's, that it's, there's all kinds of calculations. Scott's right. There's all, we're making, everyone's making calculations, like, and figuring out how they want to live and how they want to do this and where it's going, right? Ultimately, and where it's going to go. Because, you know, as much as people worry about a glut of these shows and there's too many of them and this and that, there aren't too many good ones. There just aren't, as in all things. There aren't too many ones that really stand out and they stand out because of the quality of the creativity of what they're doing. Thank you. Well done. Join us on Sway. Join us on Sway. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Prof G show. Anyway, reminder. Anyway, we'll see. Just watch this space, we say to you. Thank you for the great question. Uh, We really appreciate it, Uh, Kate Kate from New York City. Uh, And we hope you're doing well. And you're apparently going to be having Mayor Andrew Yang or Mary Yang as your leader. Mary Yang. (laughs) All right. Reminder, for the month of December, we're partnering with Yappa to get more listener mail questions. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit your questions for the Pivot podcast. All right, Scott, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Okay, Scott, we're back. Just for people who don't know, Scott's not going to be here for the next couple of weeks because he has to vacation again and Kara Swisher keeps working, as usual. Um we're going to be around next doing, week. What are you talking not about? next week. The week after next. Next week, we're mm-hmm. doing our big prediction show, wrap up show with yeah. the help of some friends of Pivot. Uh, and then Scott's going to go on vacation. Uh, but to tide us over till then, give us a prediction, please. I and mean, you have better come to some, we're going to have people asking people predictions, but 
we need uh, we need a lot from you. So I want one right now, and then I want you to have at least a dozen for next week. Hmm. Well, I'm trying to come up with new ones. So I'm doing my prediction live stream tonight, mm-hmm. which will be yesterday. If you've already mm-hmm. listened to this, and I've had where we've had 9,500 people sign up. But anyways, Whoa. enough about me. That's uh, good. That's a lot, right? Maybe you could do I a subscription start a podcast. service. Yeah, um, yeah, I could do a subscription service. Anyways, Casey, Casey. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to come up with two predictions that aren't in my my deck, uh, where I've spent a ton of time thinking about this stuff. Um, a couple things. One, I do think um, there's going to be. I'm hoping that some of the momentum against the tyranny of big tech uh, is spilling over and people are taking a harder look and saying, you know what, we need to inoculate ourselves. We need a vaccine against this virus that's plagued us and that is the idolatry of innovators. And specifically the menace that we are going to, I think, try and beat back before it gets too powerful as Robin Hood. And I, I think that Goldman Sachs and I think the IPO markets and I think regulators are gonna put up some speed bumps. I don't think that the Robin Hood IPO is going to go as swimmingly or even happen as soon as as, as as the investors would like to think. So my prediction is more to come on Robinhood. I think we're, the mm. public is just getting educated to as start, to the damage no. to the Commonwealth. And then my other prediction, which is more- talking to people? Uh, my, 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 my pregnant pause is full of insight. Um, I saw that. I anyways, heard. you heard that? You felt that? Yes. Okay, so moving on. Um, I think- that Zoom mm. could be the AOL of 2021. Whoa. Um, Some people think it's going to get sold, but go ahead. Well, that's it. As was AOL, Kara. Oh, right. Oh, fair. I thought you and then it ended up being uh, one of the worst acquisitions in history. Uh, when I look at Zoom, by the way, I love it. I love the product. It's, it's got a market capitalization of about $120 billion, which was approximately the market capitalization of AOL at the peak. And... When oh, I think right. of Zoom and I th- look at the competitive set, I look at Salesforce Teams. and Slack, I look at Microsoft and I look at Teams, and I think my guess is those companies, when they introduce a video product, could be very, very formidable competitors to Zoom. And I wonder if the vaccine and some of the biggest, baddest, most well-resourced enterprise-wide um, products showing up and taking on Zoom, I think Zoom is going to do do a couple of things. I think Zoom is either going to go out and merge with a gigantic telco or a gigantic company, or I think it's, it needs to start buying other things really fast. Yeah. And I think they looking back on 2021, whatever deal it does, I wonder if Zoom declines in value. I think Zoom could be our generation's AOL and that it is run by smart people. I think they will decide to cash in on this market capitalization and either go on an acquisition binge or merge with another very large kind of old mainline company. Yeah, they got to sell. I, they got to sell. And they got to sell or buy or merge. I'm right? not sure their moats love the product, but yeah. I think they are playing, you know, they're a, they're a fast-growing uh, they're a fast-growing beluga whale that's all of a sudden attracted the attention of orcas, the apex predators of of the of the seas. Yeah, in a product that they can copy easily. Probably, they're, 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 yeah. So it's not they don't have a magic sauce. I agree. I think people use it and are used to it, and that's the magic sauce is that people during this pandemic have started. To, I, it's a better product, by the way. It's better than Google stuff. I always have kind all kinds of glitchy problems with Google. It's because Google's not focusing on it as much as Zoom is. Great product. But you're right. It's their it's their opportunity to move, and they should be moving. I'm assuming they are uh, because you sort of are like should Slack have sold a lot earlier? Maybe they wouldn't have gotten as much money, but they certainly would have been bigger. Instagram sold early. A lot of people feel he, you know, he took a billion dollars. It was worth many, many, many more billions than he took. Mm-hmm. But that said, it was it got bigger because of Facebook. I'm always in this case, sell. Sell and sell for as much as you can, and and 100%. And, and it's a big win. Everyone can high five, and to buy something that's going to require a whole lot of executive execution that they probably lack. Even even or if they could merge with Atlassian and have more of a suite of products. Yeah. But I actually yeah. think the one that that is best poised and the product that I think is it doesn't get the kudos it deserves in terms of product quality because we don't like. We don't like to like them because they're so big and dominant. I think probably the best product in that space is Teams. Yeah, I think Teams agreed. is a fantastic product. Yeah, having used them all, um, there's a, there, uh, Google's just 
blown it. I've had so many glitchy problems with Google, uh, with Google Meet. It's just crazy. I'm like, put some smart people on it, Sundar. Um, I'm, I'm sure the people there are smart. It's just not as good. It's just not as good. It's simple, it doesn't work as well with that, with Apple and stuff. In any case, sell, 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 sell now. Sell now, like yesterday. I'm assuming they're in talks with people. So, so two predictions. Okay, Robin good, Hood's good. menace, Robin Hood as a menace, the menace that is Robin Hood mm-hmm. is getting more warranted awareness. And I think there's going to be action against them on several okay. different dimensions. And two, right. I think looking back, and this is a prediction we have to look back in three mm-hmm. years, I think Zoom is shaping up to be the AOL of 2021. All right. Excellent prediction, Scott, and you will have a whole lot more next week. As a reminder, we love listener mail questions. We're trying something new. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit your question for the podcast. The link is also in our show notes. And if, when is your, your thing is tonight's people already signed up, but listen to Scott Galloway's uh, prediction show uh, uh, that he's doing today, the live one tonight. It's tonight, correct? Yes, it's tonight. Okay, so but you can you listen to You want to do a Zoom afterwards. bomb? You want to drop in? I could, if you'd like, let me know. That'd be Send fun, me. right? You didn't invite me yet, That'd like last minute. I got 170 like slides in, in 45 minutes, but oh, I'll can carve I, out time for you. Can I porn bomb them? That is always welcome. Okay, that is I'll always welcome. Okay, all right. Anyway, read us out, Scott Galloway. Today's episode was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Ernie Indradot engineered this episode. Eric Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen and Drew Burrows. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you heard, please recommend it to a friend. Isn't the time to address a menace early? What could we do if we could go back in time and address Facebook? This is that moment with Robin Hood. Talk to your lawmaker. Are you share right now? If I could turn back time. That's where we should end. Have a good rest of the week. Have a great weekend. <laughs>